Welcome into the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, guys, not going to lie, Saturday was a gut punch. If you are a local basketball fan, started with my Nuggets absolutely choking in Philadelphia. They were in complete control, completely rolling in the third quarter of double digits and then just have a meltdown at the end of the third. That then compounded into a disastrous fourth quarter. All credit to Joel Embiid. He played a phenomenal game, absolutely took over. But I'm sure the anti-Jokic crowd will inevitably use this as fuel. I don't know how you can watch basketball and try to dismiss anything that man does on the court. But people do find a way. I will admit I wish he would have been a little more aggressive in this one. That said, it's a non-conference game in January. And I just don't think he gives a crap about the Jokic versus Embiid narrative at all. His focus is long-term and trying to win a title. Certainly does not care about the MVP or all-star voting or any of the things that Embiid, while he is a phenomenal player, definitely gets in his feelings about. And I'm a big Embiid fan. I honestly resent that Sixers fans being so obnoxious with their anti-Jokic rhetoric has caused me to be hostile towards Philly as a whole because I like Philly and I like Embiid. He's a baller. And regardless of what the masses say online, him and Jokic clearly get along. You can see a post game. They're all smiles. They're friends. Anytime they get asked about each other, they just talk about how it's all love and they have nothing but respect for the other's game. Probably a good reminder for us all not to get so worked up about this game because at the end of the day, that's what it is, a game. But when you're as obsessed as we all are, it certainly stings more than that when your team comes up short. And for me, it was it was a tough one, man. The Nuggets blowed in Philly. Then CSU women's basketball falls to Air Force in the Springs. They're really reeling right now. Currently on a three-game losing skid, now 0-6 in games decided by five or fewer points. It's kind of like they win by 30 or they lose a tight one. But after being really, really consistent and efficient throughout the season, all of a sudden these last couple of games, they're really hot and cold, very similar to the men's team. They trailed 27-17 after the first, trailed by as much as 17 in the first half before storming back. Had a really nice third quarter in which the Rams outscored Air Force 24-14. to Had a couple of threes late in that third that I felt were really big from a momentum standpoint. McKenna then comes out in the fourth and makes a bucket in the paint to get it within one possession. They're down 53-50 to at that point. And honestly, at least in my opinion, for a lot of the fourth quarter, CSU was the better team. But they just ran out of gas. I mean, they were up one with 46 seconds to go. Madison Smith of Air Force, who had a big game, then responded with a three. So they're up two at that point, 66 to 64. Ryan Williams calls a timeout with 30 seconds left. They're trying to force a five-second violation, and I actually thought they got it. It was close. They went back over it on the broadcast, and the broadcast seemed to think it wasn't as close as I did, but Destiny Thurman got called for a foul there. Even so, though, the Rams still had a chance because the Falcons missed both free throws. That was a big issue for both of these teams late. Nobody could put the game away at the line. Uh, ultimately, the Rams had an opportunity to go for the tie. They were down 67 to 65 with four seconds left. They got McKenna the ball. She drove hard, went to the hoop. I thought it was a good defensive play by the Falcons. 
Ryan Williams was really upset that they didn't get the foul call. It makes sense, but it was very similar to the the play that Jalen Lake had a, a couple of games ago. And, you know, I, I said in that situation in Laramie, I just don't see how you make that call in that situation. That's how I feel. So I, I thought it was pretty good. She was in good defensive position, uh, largely went up. Tough break for the Rams, who have got to figure it out. I mean, this team has plenty of talent. They can put points on the board in a hurry. They also really struggle in close games. Now, 0-6 in matchups decided by five or fewer points, and and that's definitely alarming, particularly when your only way to get to the NCAA tournament is by making a, a run in Vegas and probably winning the Mountain West tournament. Outside of UNLV, I just don't foresee anybody in this conference getting an at-large bid at this point. Fortunately, the Rams have Utah State coming to town on Thursday. That's an 11 a.m. tip-off, oddly enough. But CSU beat the Aggies by 37 when they played in Logan. So hopefully a get-right game for CSU before Wyoming comes to town on Saturday. That's a big one. And of course, the main event of the evening, the headliner in this day of disappointment of basketball fandom, was Boise State beat the men's team 80-59, to and that is what we will be talking about for the rest of the podcast. But yeah, not my favorite day as a hoops observer. Hopefully a day of football watching on Sunday will provide everybody a little bit of solace, but we definitely have to break down this Boise State game. It was a weird one. Real quick, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. That means no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has already won over a billion dollars for their clients, and now they have even more locations than ever, serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Boise came out of the gate hot. They were firing from deep. They didn't miss early. Max Rice, Tyson Degenhart came out, knocked down a three apiece, and it just had the feel right from the get-go of of a night where it was going to probably be a tough one for the Rams defensively. The point where I really went, oh crap, though, was uh, about three minutes into the half. The Rams had a really nice defensive possession, had all kinds of pressure on Boise State, forced them to fire up a prayer at the end of the shot clock, and Najee Smith drained it with a hand in his face. The crowd at Extra Mile went absolutely bananas at that point. Even on the broadcast, you could feel the energy. But it's just a really deflating moment for a team defensively. It's like being a cornerback and having perfect position and timing the jump well, and a wide receiver just goes up and mosses you, just makes an absolutely stupid play, something that shouldn't have happened, but it did. Those always sting so much more than the guy that just hits an open three off the pass or something like that. Uh, First bucket of the night for the Rams was Cartier off the glass. He actually made the first two buckets, 
CSU did a really good job of getting the big guys touches around the high post, just the, you know, around that free throw line. Cartier has proven to be so effective as a post scorer that they really have to respect him and attack him when he gets the ball in his hands. And it opened up a lot of opportunities for guys to cut. Saw a lot of backdoor cuts from Isaiah Rivera, from John Tanjay. But I thought it was big to establish Cartier's presence and get him a couple of scores right off the bat and get the defense thinking about him. Sticking with the football comparisons, it's kind of like establishing the run if you want the play action to be a big part of your game plan. Regardless of what CSU was doing offensively at the beginning, the, the big red flag right out of the gate, Boise made their first five field goals, go up 13-4 in the first couple of minutes. But the Rams did settle in a little bit in the first half from about the 15-and-a-half-minute mark Roughly the nine-minute mark, it was actually a couple of seconds into the nine-minute mark when Tanjay made another layup. During that six-and-a-half-minute stretch or so, I felt like CSU played really good. They mixed in some full-court press defensively, a little 2-2-1, which is something they had been working on of late. That caused a little bit of disruption, I think brought out even more energy out of the Rams on the defensive side. The broadcast did a really nice job of pointing out all the different looks that CSU was trying to throw at uh, the Broncos defensively starting in that first half and then going throughout the game. They mixed in some of that 2-2-1 for the most part, but they also had uh, some 1-2-1-1 on the full court press, so they were really trying to confuse Boise State. In the second half, in their half court sets, they mixed in a couple of different zone looks. And for the most part, it felt like every time Medved would kind of add a little wrinkle For a couple of minutes there, it would buy the Rams some momentum. He's always been really great at adjusting on the fly. I truly believe he does not get the praise that he deserves. But, I mean, he threw the kitchen sink at Boise State in this one. There are a lot of games where you can watch a basketball team and and just see them not try to shake up anything for 40 straight minutes and just repeatedly get smacked in the face. That, That wasn't what happened in this one, even despite the outcome. I'm not saying the Rams didn't get their butts kicked. But I am saying that they didn't just sit there and and take it on the chin. And I think oftentimes in sports, when a team loses, we take that as the the coaches didn't do enough. And I saw some critical comments like that online. But to me, sometimes the other team just makes big plays. I was critical of the Rams after the losses to Northern Colorado and Colorado because I felt like the effort really was not there, especially in the second halves of those games. In conference play, their problems have not stemmed from a lack of effort. They've definitely let some winnable games get away from them, but really they're just streaky, and I'll talk about that more coming up here. Like I said, though, from the 15-and-a-half-minute mark or so to you know around the, the nine-minute mark, I thought CSU played really well. They were doing a good, th- uh, good job of spreading things out offensively, getting the big guys high post touches. The guards were taking advantage, just like I talked about earlier. Uh, Rivera had a couple of backdoor cuts that I really loved to Anjay. He had some as well. Isaiah Stevens finally got his first bucket of the night. And at that point, you're feeling pretty good. Like the Rams have an opportunity. They're down 20 to 18. Sure, they had a bit of a slow start, but now you're right back in it. I even tweeted at that point, like, wow. And and part of that was because Tanjay had a couple of really nice finishes off the glass. He's very explosive, and I love when he's attacking the hoop. Don't love um, the three-point shot selection so much of late. That was a tongue twister. 
But things were feeling good at that point, and I tweeted it out, and from there, things just immediately compounded. I mean, may- maybe it was my fault. Maybe I jinxed things. I don't know. But for about five and a half minutes, it seemed like the life just completely went out of CSU. The, the Broncos went on a 19-1 run. It was 17-0 at one point before Isaiah made a free throw. And just out of nowhere, it was a completely different game. These cold stretches with this group are, are really confusing, and, and they're certainly frustrating. I mean, they'll just have this five- to six-minute stretch each game, it feels like, where they can't buy a bucket. The shot could be completely open. You could give them 10 looks at it, and they just can't find the bottom of the net. Inevitably, it always feels like it's also followed by some type of hot run, and I understand basketball is a game of run and all the cliches that we spout all the time, but they're just back-breaking, and they constantly put you in a position where you're trying to play from behind, trying to come uphill, and you might be able to work your way back into it, but you rarely have enough to then go finish the thing, and I I feel like that was the case in this one. They ran out of gas. Um before the end of that first half, the Rams did use a 7-0 run. They got within 13. Like They did play pretty well over those final four minutes after just a brutal five-and-a-half-minute stretch instead of letting things completely compound and going down 30 or something in the first half. CSU actually got to as close as 13. But even in those stretches where they played better, like Boise still made big shots. They hit a corner three. Dagen Hart made a floater at the end of the half that touched literally every single part of the rim before it fell in. There were just a lot of little moments like that where it was clear that it wasn't going to be the Rams' night. To CSU's credit, they didn't look at that final four-minute stretch and you know, hang their heads and, and shrug and say, oh, well, we tried to get back into it. It's just not happening. They came out in the second half, played with intensity, used a 9-0 run, and... With 14.57 to go, it was a two-possession game. It was 51.45 at that point. It just seemed like CSU spent so much to get to that point that they didn't have enough to then get over the hum. After CSU came out and made seven of its first eight attempts in that second half, got it to a two-score game, they just ran out of gas. Boise State heated up a little bit, outscored the Rams 29-14 to over the last 15 minutes, though over the last four or five minutes, both teams just looked completely spent. Not much to even talk about there. And it ultimately ended as a decisive victory for Boise State, as it should have. They were the far better team for far more minutes in this game. CSU had little stretches, but they lost to a deeper team that happened to play one of their best offensive games of the season. I mean, I believe BJ Reigns even tweeted at one point that a student nailed a half-quarter shot. Like, just everything was going Boise State's way when it came to the, the bottom of the net. Not making excuses for the Rams, Boise was clearly the better team, but there is an element of luck, and sometimes it's just your night. Sometimes everything falls, and it was one of those nights for Boise State, no matter what CSU threw at them defensively. It didn't matter if it was a prayer at the end of the shot clock, a runner that's going to touch every part of the rim and then still somehow fall in. Like, it was just their night. And for the Rams, other than a couple of stretches, they really couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. It was a tough showing. But I have some more takeaways for you guys before I dive into the numbers. I do want to tell you guys about a product I use literally every day, though. I started taking AG1 from Athletic Greens because... I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to, you know, have less of these issues that I have. Um, it goes all the way back to high school. I just, you know, I needed better gut health. 
AG1 has been huge for me. It's a supplement that I take every single day. It's an easy part of my daily routine. And honestly, I look forward to it every day because it just makes me feel better about myself. In one scoop, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And what's awesome is it's so easy. It's just one scoop and 8 to 12 ounces of water. Down the hatch, boom. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, if you're vegan, if you're dairy-free, if you're gluten-free, you're good there. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It ultimately costs you less than $3 a day, but you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews and they are recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com rams. Again, that's athleticgreens.com rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Of course, we also have to talk about the latest from our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. If you're not a new customer, you can feel the conference championship thrills with a stepped-up same-game parlay. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. If you are betting on the Philly-San Francisco game, I think there's a lot of value on those rushing props for Jalen Hurts. If you're looking at the Chiefs game, I think there's some value on the passing props for Patrick Mahomes. I think people are over overlooking him a little bit. I understand the ankle injury is big. That mobility is, is a large part of what makes him so dangerous. But that's a bad dude at the end of the day, and I certainly would not want to count him out. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finally, GameTime is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, maybe behind home plate? It's possible with the GameTime app, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Rams tickets, Nuggets tickets, Avs tickets than you will with GameTime. It was created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, then you'll love GameTime. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Cool, cool, cool. So some of these takeaways we've already alluded to, but I'll go through them anyways. It's pretty hard to win when you keep having these stretches of five plus minutes without a field goal. They really miss having Roddy as a default go-to option when nothing else is working. You could just dump the ball to him in the post and he could bully somebody and either get to the line or likely finish down low, sometimes both. 
he could create for himself in the mid range. He could create for himself from deep. That was just a really big boost if nothing else was going well. To an extent, CSU can do that with Isaiah Stevens. He can create his own shot from anywhere on the floor. Had a couple of nasty step-back threes in this one. The more he does that, the more he demonstrates the ability to do that type of stuff, the, the more his pro stock is going to rise. But he can't just physically overwhelm an opponent the same way that Roddy did. And guards are definitely never going to get the calls that big guys get in the post. Looking at the three-point shooting, it's just weird with this team, man. The, the Josiah Strong situation is far more impactful than I think most realize. He shot 40% on 6.33 point attempts per game last year for Illinois State. He was legitimately one of the best and most consistent three-point shooters in the entire country. On top of that, he also would have been one of this team's best perimeter defenders. And so not having him has been felt in quite a few ways. And with Adam, they've basically been in this position where Isaiah Rivera and Tanjay have had to take more threes than you probably would like. Those are really talented players. I, I like it better when they're attacking the hoop. You you have to, you know, take some of these open shots. A lot of them are good looks. I'm, I'm not really faulting them for their shot selection per se. They just haven't been falling for deep for those guys. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes you have cold stretches. But the three-point shooting is definitely an issue for this group right now. Boise had 21 more points from deep on a night. They won by 21. Tyson Degenhart is apparently the new Ram killer. First it was Hutchison, then it was Jessup. Now it's this guy. He might be better than all of them, to be honest. He's really good. He's beefier, 6'7", 232, got a really nice frame, and he's skilled with the ball. He can score from all over. He's athletic on the drive. Really solid find by Leon Rice, one of the more underappreciated coaches in college basketball. And one of the best examples of why stability is so important. Can't run a great coach out of town for the occasional down year. The, the final takeaway I guess I have is just that the Rams need more consistency from their veterans. They've got to be able to hit these open shots. The threat of the three opens up those cutting lanes that the Rams were taking advantage of early on in the game. But eventually the defense kind of started to sit back and take them away. And that's when... You know, the the guys started firing, but if you can't hit them, then they're not going to respect the shot, and it's going to be even harder to then get in the paint. This team is underperforming for sure. They've let a couple of winnable ones get away. It, it always feels worse when it's followed up with a blowout loss, but they are more talented than what they've shown in 2023. I understand that at some point you are what your record says you are, but going all the way back to the offseason, it's just been really wonky, really wonky set of circumstances for this program. Hopefully they can figure it out and it doesn't just become a total loss year. You know, put yourself in a position where you're playing extremely competitive. And it is important to remember that before they got blown out in this one, I mean, they lost a couple of overtime games and a one-point loss on the road to your rival on arguably what was a blown call, at least in my opinion, not getting into that again. This group, for the most part, has played hard. They don't have great depth. And that comes down to the fact that who was supposed to be their most impactful Division I transfer has barely gotten to play, won't see the rest of the season. And two of their uh, promising up-and-coming forwards are also injured now for the season. But we'll see if this team can figure it out. I think the future is still very bright under Medved. 
the 2023 signees are all really encouraging. I think Tavi Jackson, you know, Evans, all these guys have bright futures. And while there have been inconsistencies from the veterans, you know, I do have a lot of faith in Jalen Lake and Isaiah Rivera and John Tanji. I think these are good basketball players. Moore's and Cartier as well. I'm not trying to leave anybody out. You guys know what I mean. But consistency is going to be key with this group. They've got to be more consistent offensively when it comes down to knocking down open shots, and they've got to get rid of some of these hot and cold stretches because they, they just dig themselves in holes that are too deep to get out of in a 40-minute game, especially when shooting the three ball is not particularly your team's greatest strength uh, on a consistent basis at least. So the Rams will have a couple of days to regroup here. You've got UNLV coming to town Tuesday night. They were able to beat Nevada in a game that came down to the wire. Um, you know, he stole one against them last time, but that's a good team. It's definitely going to be a tough matchup. Would probably expect UNLV to be slight favorites, but we'll see. Shout out to everybody. I hope you're staying warm out there. It's supposed to be crazy cold these next couple of days. Shout out to the homies at DraftKings. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up. Much love, y'all. Peace. Cuff khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly, primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.